welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I am David Wilson, joined, as always, by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Miami Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It's going great, as usual. Enjoying your Super Bowl week here in South Florida? Absolutely. You're staying out of Miami. I'm, I'm trying to stay out of Miami, <laughs> Miami Beach, as long as I can. I've already been there, so... Uh-huh. Um, so while the Super Bowl is going on, uh, it's actually kind of a busy, like, back-to-back-to-back weeks for us, uh, because Mm -hmm. next week you get right into National Signing Day, uh, which is on Wednesday. We are recording this Thursday, uh, so about a week out. Um, seems like my, it's going to be a relatively drama-free signing day for Miami after they had a huge early class sign. They've already got three transfers who will, like, officially be announced as part of this signing class but those three are locked in um they've gotten a couple commitments since national signing day who who are locked in including one who already got to campus um so it's gonna be quiet it's gonna be uneventful um but i think miami is like kind of happy to have that yeah and i think that's that's all because of the early signing period i mean that started in 2017, I believe, was the first year. And it's amazing how that's changed the whole landscape of recruiting. Because that's that's now the big holy cow, holy crap one, right? In in December, three-day signing period. And and most of the kids sign now at all the major schools. And then they have a handful less, Miami less than a handful, right? Yeah, I mean, mean, not including transfers, it'll be three tops. But those three, and, and, and we know most. And we know, well, we know, we know three it's who not... are committed, three are committed, not yet signed, and will probably, like, they're they're in line. You know, it's not like they're going to sign somewhere else. Or we don't think, um, right? Yeah. And, they, and, there's, and then there would be maybe, what do we say, maybe one, maybe two? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're in the mix. They're Like, they're technically, I would say, finalists for Avante Williams, who's a four-star safety out of uh, DeLand. Um all signs point to him going to Florida. Um, you know, maybe Xavier Henderson, who committed to Florida in uh, January or earlier this month at the All American Bowl, but didn't sign. He's a Columbus kid, so you know Miami typically does you know pretty well enough at Columbus. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you just look at like the top fifty recruits in Florida, um, going off the twenty four seven sports rankings. All but five are already signed, and you know there's just not a lot that you left for you to do at this point because of that. Um, and when Miami, you know, they've got three spots. You know, what they signed, I think, eighteen. I want to say in the early period. Yes. Plus they got three transfers, so that takes up three more spots, and then they've got um, three other three commitments more. that gets you to twenty four. This, they could probably only go to 25, maybe 26, but yeah. so we're really talking just 25. So like maybe there's not a lot of wiggle room. In no, and it's I've always found over the years that it's really smart to kind of hold at least one spot. Sometimes they hold two spots mm-hmm. for you know, lots of stuff can happen. Stuff happens. Okay? I mean, you look at what happened with Miami earlier, what, a week and a half ago or something like that? Or not even. We were, It was right after we recorded last week. Uh, Keyshawn Smith... <laughs> Uh, wide receiver out of San Diego who had signed with Washington State was supposed to early enroll at Washington State. Uh, instead, you know, this is a little different situation than you're saying, but it's the same idea where 
it was an opportunity that basically arose. He Washington State. Mike Leach leaves Washington State for Mississippi State. Let's Keyshawn right. Smith get out of his uh, letter of intent and. Less than a week after he's supposed to be enrolled at Washington State, he's enrolled at Miami. And that was a huge pickup for them. And then sometimes, sometimes they get later on. Right, yeah, yeah. In the spring, there's some it's a, Yeah, like I said, it's a different one, situation yeah, with the same concept. Definitely. Where you, you got to be ready to make that move. Exactly. And they, they know that. I mean, they're on top of it. But the, sometimes there's some guy that's in a military school or a, what a, a prep whatever you call that post high school where that maybe their grades weren't that good yeah all of a sudden or you signed with a school and something happens something and go, you get right. out of your letter of intent yeah and, and then all of a sudden they're available you know and i know they used to always talk about coaches would talk about that ray lewis um the the great ray lewis was um was a late signee and you just you just you never know and i think it's really smart to hold a spot um they need they need a, a good offensive lineman right yeah i mean class. that that seems like if they're let's say they get to 25 that everyone signs so the three guys who other than the three transfers who we've talked so extensively about i don't think we really need to even talk too much about them this episode mm-hmm. um but they've got three high school kids who are committed but unsigned one is Keyshawn smith who's already on campus um a three-star, four-star wide receiver from San Diego. One is Isaiah Dunson, a four-star cornerback from Georgia, former Florida State commit, Mm -hmm. who uh, committed to Miami earlier, I think, what, two weeks ago. It was the first weekend they could get guys in campus. He came down for an official. He committed. He's locked in. And then the third is Willie Moisey, a uh, three-star, four-star defensive tackle um, who didn't sign because of some academic, still fulfilling Mm -hmm. his academic requirements. In the early period, um, we'll see if he's able to sign on, uh, Wednesday. He's kind of the one who's up in the air. Um, but anything you can, David, say about him? I, I know he, he underwent shoulder yeah, surgery he's, in September. Yeah. He's a guy, he's had some injury issues throughout his career, but, um, he is a four-time state champion. He actually won a state championship. Uh, he was at a high school in Georgia, his freshman year. I can't remember which playing offensive line, um, and then came trans. He's originally from Fort Lauderdale. Moved back to Fort Lauderdale uh, ahead of his sophomore year and won three state cha- state championships. Chaminade is you know he was hurt this last year, but a guy who played defensive tackle, played offensive line, really talented. Right. Um, has had some injury issues, but he's a guy that's I think could be a good offensive lineman too. Um, but I've also heard that he is now not at Chaminade anymore. Um, I heard he had moved to Orlando. I'm not sure what high school at, so I don't, I don't want to like speculate too much but um he's a guy that i don't have a ton of insight as to whether uh he's going to be all clear to sign on national sign day so he's kind of the one up in the air um but like let's say he does sign they get all the other guys signed that's 24 spots like you were saying that last spot i would think has to be pretty much held for an offensive lineman yeah, or somebody really unbelievable yeah. that pops up. Well, yeah, it's like I think Quincy Roche, I don't know if defensive end was like top priority for them, but when you can get a guy like that, you, you go and do it. Right. But offensive yeah. line is the one, you know, they And they're and they're and and yes, and they're and their class, I mean, as of It's already yeah, pretty good. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I think it finished like the for the early signing period, like number 15 in the nation uh, for yeah. the early signing period and right and right now uh rivals has them at number fourteen, and um, and two four seven sports has them at uh, number seventeen. 
and number two in the ACC, yeah. their class. So as of you know, as of today, we'll we'll see what happens. But that's no matter how these ranking, you know, no matter how accurate they are, still, if you're 14 or 17, yeah, you I mean, think you, the, you have. To me, a, a, a number 17 or a number 14 ranked class could do as well. As the number three, I, I really believe yeah. it's three or so four. So basically, Depends. and this is something that a lot of people have kind of started to, I think, learn about over the last few years, is uh, basically every national champion in, like, the era of, like, the recruiting websites, uh-huh. like, since Rivals, I guess, was the first one, I think, like, started really, like, as far as you can go back and look at it, the national championships always have, there's, like, a cutoff. It's basically 50% of your roster has to be four and five-star recruits. Which is, you know, that's about what Miami is at right now. Um, it does, you know, there have been playoff teams that get in with less than that. Like, um, um, I think maybe when Washington made it, you know, Wisconsin is a team that's always less than that. You can get to the playoff, but it's really hard to actually win the national championship unless right. you have that top level talent. It's not, you don't have to have the number one class every year. Um, it would be it nice helps, to, obviously. It would be nice to get in the but, playoff, but right? the cutoff, Before they yeah. win the national championship. But the cutoff isn't 70%. You don't need 70% of your roster right. to be four-star and kids. You always, just need about 50%. You're, correct. And then they're, all, the they're always like three-star guys who end up yeah, being yeah. And four-star guys end up being... Uh, yeah. yeah. But um, so. Miami's basically, if you look at the teams that have that 50% blue-chip ratio... Um, this past year, pretty much the only teams that were like disappointing were Miami, Florida State, and uh, USC won eight games. Those right. are the, but everyone else who hits that mark, you know, it helps. So recruiting matters. But of course, and, uh, of course. But um, I think the important thing with what they did in this second period, we we obviously talked pretty extensively about the early period. They got right. a, a good class. Is I, I really like the Keyshawn Smith pickup in particular because of how it kind of showed that they're been flexible and like able to go get a guy like that mm-hmm. um and he's like really he just got a bump to four stars in 24 7 um had like 800 yards this year a thousand yards here before he's a guy that like a lot of people who are on the west coast scouting like kind of view as a potential steal um but the isaiah dunson edition that's like if you kind of i think even just talking to coaches on the day of the early signing period they basically said the biggest um Things we still need to fill are, you know, we probably need an offensive lineman, which I think I still would guess that they add an offensive lineman as a maybe a transfer. Remember last year they mm-hmm. got Usman Traore, it was like a late Juco addition. But the other thing was getting some more help at DB and, and getting Dunson, who is a guy who kind of fits the um, the Mike Rumpf mold of like tall, lanky cornerbacks. Um, you know, he's a guy that he's not really enrolled, but Miami's got. Four cornerbacks basically coming back established. They're you know Dunson will have a chance to push for some part of that rotation. So that was they they basically filled the needs that they had, and and they're gonna do it with you know two of the three guys they sign are borderline four star guys. So they're you know real talents they're bringing into. It. It's not like they're just filling to fill. Yeah. I'm already excited for next season. I don't know why. Why does this happen every yeah. every year? I get excited for the season. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then every year, uh oh. Anyway, recently. Yeah, I mean but, they. It's because they've done a good job in the off seasons, right? Like, I know recruiting is not. You know, obviously everyone wants them to have top ten class every year, 
And you know, you can make a case that if Miami hey, was they if they were performing better, right? Year. If All they were right? performing better on the field, maybe they would have that. Six and seven. But I mean, yeah. Manny knows what he's doing in terms of like talent acquisition. I would say. I don't want to say roster building because we don't know yet, like whether he knows actually like how to structure the roster and all that stuff. Um, I don't want to say recruiting because you know they haven't had a top. You know, the class is going to finish outside the top fifteen probably. Um, and I don't want to just say off the field because obviously there have been a lot of off the field issues. But he understands talent acquisition, not just in the recruiting. They've obviously done the transfer market really well. Um, they've recruited, um, I think, pretty intelligently. You know, they built this mm-hmm. class really early on. Um, you know, you signed all these guys early. They were all guys that were committed for a long time. Um, so he knows how to like have a good off season. Yeah, now like, they that's, just that's have to, undeniable. They have to now just be coached. Yeah. The right way, I guess, I I would think. Yeah. Um, That's a question mark. Anything, as a person who doesn't follow recruiting that closely, that, like, kind of excites you about this class or excites you I, about what, um, I don't know, maybe just, like, you've read other people writing about recruiting? <laughs> well, I, you know, yeah, I, I think I, I, I love the transfers. Mm-hmm. Love the transfers. I mean, how could Dara King not get you psyched yeah. up? And um, and and also uh, Borregales. Um, yeah, he's that's a, that's another interesting thing. Where I mean, like, if me, you're wondering how they got to this number, why they're still short in offensive linemen, I don't know if their plan was necessarily to like go out and get a kicker transfer. Like, oh, but I oh no, I think they knew they yeah. knew but they needed. I don't that. think it was, was like a, a lock. Like no, you know, there but were, to me. It, it maybe not, although I, I I think it it was. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they knew they had to get had to get something. They had to. If if he went through that again, yeah, that would yeah. be enough for me to say what kind. Yeah, what, like, kind what of are you doing? Is yeah. yeah, I mean, I but uh, uh, Jose Borgales, um and then his little brother, as we said, comes in the next year, mm-hmm. and I know I brought this up. Let's just hope Jose does really well. Yeah. Um, I, I would hate for him not to do well and fans to get on him and then little brother to say screw this program. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it. I know. I think I think I think of the worst. I think of the best both. But um I love that acquisition or whatever. Yeah. I, and and Derek King goes without saying and um who am I forgetting? Who's the third? Oh, El Rocher. Rocher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean the a defensive end Scott Patchen Right, since our last uh, podcast announced that he's yeah. transferring, we kind of had a feeling that might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's gone, and he was good. Um, yeah, you know, but so and I think it's got... worth, like that's probably a move that doesn't happen. It's I don't know if you know. I don't think the the causation yeah. was. I think Patch and transferred because of Roche. They didn't get. They didn't go out and get a defensive he's end smart. because Patch is smart. He knew he wouldn't. He this is his last shot for sure. It's a yeah, six yeah. year, and he he wants to get to the NFL. And so Miami's going to have to count on some play. young guys at defensive end. Behind, yeah, and you know, I think they will. Jafari Harvey, yeah. Chance Williams, I, and they definitely will. I think they're going to be good again yeah. on DN. Um, but anyway, I love those transfers. Uh, you know, and I I, I love the skill guys. Um, you know. The running back, the the Restrepo, and the the Deerfield Beach kids, yeah, and I, yeah, all 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 those kids, I'm very interested in seeing. Um, so you know, Jalen Knighton, 
Yeah, Don Cheney um, out for the spring. That also happened. Oh yes, uh, yes, yes. We have to talk about so, that. He got yeah, that's tough. Obviously, yeah. you know they're still deep at running back without Lingard because Burns looked pretty good at the end of the year, um, mm-hmm. and Knighton will be, you know, he'll be a factor. And, obviously, and, and, and then obviously Cam Harris is like legit. Uh, yeah, and and also, uh, did we uh, Jalen Rivers is supposedly stud yeah, I, I liked him a lot lineman. at um, the Under Armour game. I think we talked about that. Yeah, so. yeah. So that I think all that and and I, the I, roster improved this off season, which is not definitely. what you would have said last off season. I don't think. 